this mayhem has been a profit center for Putin. That is 40%, 43 uh, for last count of the Russian budget was provided by oil revenues and oil royalties, oil and gas. 43% of the entire federal budget, you know, all the social security, every program and military, et cetera. So Russia lives and dies literally on its oil revenues. And, and this mayhem has caused the price of oil to hit a hundred bucks a barrel. Now, what that means to Putin if, versus um, $50 a barrel, uh, which also raises the price of gas. So his revenues are increasing about a half. He has a windfall, war windfall of about a half a billion dollars a day. So he's making money, literally, as long as he keeps the mayhem going. Um, and now the question is, so what can we do to bring down the price of oil? To bring, Because that's going to bring Putin to his knees. It's amazing. He's a powerful man at 100 bucks a barrel. He's pretty weak at 30 bucks a barrel. You know, uh, last year he was devastated and you didn't hear much from the guy. Mm -hmm. um, and when oil was down, uh, in fact, you know, for one day, it was actually a negative uh, <laughs> uh, price in the world market. People didn't know what, where to put the oil because no one was, you know, the, the world was shut down. Right, right. So how do we do this? So to, to your question about other embargoes, we have been embargoing the nation with the largest supply of oil on the planet, Venezuela. No one's talking about this. It's like it fell off the radar. What Putin is doing in Ukraine is cruel and horrific. And what we are doing in Venezuela is cruel and horrific. We have embargoed and laid siege to and, and basically surrounded, blockaded Venezuela so that very little of its oil can get out. Now, this this is a country which has a 2 million barrel a day OPEC allotment, and we're getting almost none of it. Wow. 2 million barrels a day now. And they have a tremendous gas reserve. So if the Germans are afraid that Putin will cut off their pipe, well, stop cutting off Venezuela's pipe because it's, it's not only the United States, it's the European Union and Britain, which are saying we won't take Venezuelan oil. You know, we won't take Venezuelan oil. And even more, we won't let Venezuela pump the oil because what we're doing is by the embargo has stopped them from getting the parts and equipment uh, that they need to keep their oil industry running, which is quite complex because it's based on heavy oil. So it's very difficult to, uh, you know, without the parts, the expertise and the funding, uh, you know, the, and for example, we've We've bought the Koch brothers, actually. They have a refinery in the Gulf Coast of Texas. They are the number one customer. They were the number one customer of Venezuela. We took the oil that Venezuela sent us to the Koch brothers refinery, and the U.S. Treasury seized all the money so that if Venezuela sells oil, they can't get the money. So obviously, they're not going to sell it to us or to Europe because they can't get the money. So their oil supplies, their oil production is extremely limited. People are literally starving and they don't have medicine to fight COVID. It's cruel. It's horrible. It's, it's if, if Putin were doing this in Ukraine now, they're trying to block Ukraine. Uh, you know, we'd be screaming and hollering, but yet we're doing it to Venezuela. And who's suffering from it? We are because because it's, we're knocking, uh, you know, more than a million barrels a day out of the world market. If we got our if we said, OK, Vlad, we're going to make you a deal. 
you, Putin, will recognize the elected government of Ukraine. We will recognize the elected government of Venezuela. And that's our problem. This is a leftover Trump disaster. Trump cut off Venezuela, ordered the embargo, ordered the blockade. And all why? Well, number one, they say, well, Venezuela is not really a democratic nation. So instead, we're getting our oil and gas from the democratic nation of Saudi Arabia, from the (laughs) democratic nation. By the way, our biggest source of imports into the West is Russia. So uh, the great democracies, we'd rather get our oil and gas from our China, uh, excuse me, from uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Russia, Kazakhstan, where I've been. Uh, and uh, another police state. These are the great democracies instead of Venezuela. And let me tell you, I've been in Venezuela. I covered Venezuela for BBC television and The Guardian. I got to know not only the the presidents, I knew uh, Hugo Chavez very well. I also know the current president, uh, Nicolas Maduro. And I got to know, and, and in fact, became quite friendly with several of the opposition figures. But I have to tell you, whether we like it or not, Maduro was fairly elected. Just as I said, the, in the Crimea, you know, the, the Russians voted to rejoin Russia. We have to accept that. We also have to accept that the Venezuelan people chose Maduro. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know Maduro. He's not necessarily my cup of tea. I think he's over his head as a leader. I think he's screwing this all up. But it's I'm not a Venezuelan voter. The Venezuelans have chosen him. And the reason why is instead of like reasonable and rational uh, opposition leaders, and there are some like Julio Borges. I'm not campaigning for him. I'm just saying he's a reasonable and rational guy. Fair enough. Um, is we have the Trump and now Biden of all people have been re- recognizing a guy named Juan Guaido as the president of Venezuela. Now, let me tell you how really weird that is. Juan Guaido has basically lived his life in Washington, D.C. until last, uh, un- until Trump came in. He didn't even get close to Venezuela. He's also a very rich white guy working for uh, think tanks. And, and white is an important discussion here because for 400 years, white people, what they called themselves the Spaniards, ran <laughs> Venezuela, took all its money, and most people got nothing. Here they're yeah. sitting on a gigantic, the world's largest reserve of oil, according to, uh, to OPEC. And yet the people got nothing. Hugo Chavez came in the first non-white head of state, as he says, I'm Negro e Indio, I'm, I'm black <laughs> and Indian, and they didn't like it, and they hate it, and they want to force Venezuela to accept this guy, Guaido. Now, understand, Guaido didn't even, it's not like he, was, he can claim, oh, they stole the election from me. Guaido never ran for president. He didn't run for president. And, he's, and yet yeah. the U.S., the U.S., and the European Union and the U.K., have all recognized Guaido as the president. When Venezuela sells oil, we literally give it to this guy, Guaido. Um, Imagine if in California, because we're an oil state in California, Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. sold our oil to uh, Japan or wherever, um, or back to uh, Ohio, and we were told, no, you can't send any money to California. Forget it. Uh, And by the way, we're not going to let you have food or medicine. We're going to cut you off. Uh, you know, uh, so if we end the embargo of Venezuela, we'll crash the price of oil. How much? I can only guess, but uh, we do know that 
um, I would figure about 20 bucks a barrel. I've been in this, I've, you know, I'm an economist by training. I've done energy a long time. It would probably be at least $20 a barrel. You might say, well, what's the big deal? That's a big, really big deal to Vlad Putin. I'll tell you that right now. Well, yeah. And, um, and also the fact that it won't just be a one-time bump down. If we can reach a peace agreement with Venezuela, and after all, an embargo is an act of war. If we can re- have peace with our neighbor to the south and accept their elected government, um, I think that uh, that that would cut off Putin at the knees. He's a very powerful man when oil's at 100 bucks a barrel. At 60, he doesn't have such a big mouth, let me tell you. Understood. And, you know, the other thing, Greg, is that uh, I'm, I'm right up there with you when I want people to understand that the word embargo is this nice sounding word, or at least not maybe not nice sounding, but it's a much more pleasant sounding word than economic warfare. So or siege. Really- it's a siege, you know, right. like this is it's a it's a medieval method, right. a siege of a nation where you literally stop medicine and food and you don't give them their own money. You know that Britain took 10 billion dollars of gold bullion which was sitting in the bank of england that belonged to venezuela and they literally seized it and gave it to this guy guido this is insane you know when hugo chavez had the gold bricks removed from the federal reserve in new york and fort knox where venezuela's gold reserves were kept and he demanded that they be sent back to caracas Mm -hmm. people say oh that's crazy stuff boy he made a mistake by leaving his gold bullion in in britain so it wasn't crazy. We did seize that nation's that nation's assets. Then we say, "Oh, look how terrible their economy is." Well, wait a minute. You just stole all their money. You you crushed their oil industry. And and now we're paying the price. Literally paying the price in Ukraine and literally paying the price at the pump. We got to stop this war in Venezuela. And no one's talking about it. So Maybe basically it it could easily well, I try to. It could easily be said then that the economic siege and warfare that we've been waging on Venezuela, us and the EU and Great Britain altogether, um, essentially has helped cause the mo- a good bit of motivation for uh, what Putin's now doing in Ukraine. Yeah, we're funding, yeah. in effect, we're funding his war by keeping, uh, by, by keeping all this oil and gas off the market. Venezuela has enough gas if you liquefy it, and they liquefy it in Trinidad. Liquefy that gas. You don't need Nord Stream 2 and you don't need Nord Stream 1. You know, let's not forget Nord Stream 2 may have been shut off, but Nord Stream 1 is bringing 1.9 trillion cubic feet of gas into Germany every day from Russia. So, the, you know, the Russians are laughing at some of these sanctions. What the, what his the oligarchs won't be able to um, uh, get tickets to Hamilton. They're getting richer than Croesus with this with this massive, massive windfall from oil we have to shut off the wind machine so that trump uh, well trump <laughs> the, the uh, trump of russia <laughs> the trump of russia uh you know his idea of a spending spree is rolling tanks and it's amazing what will happen when the oil money gets shut off 